You're listening to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. It is Monday, April 26th. What a fantastic weekend with yes. the uh, the greatest listeners in the world who showed up for Shareathon. Thanks so much for your support for Shareathon 2021. <coughs> it was a lot of fun. We had a great time, and uh, we are so grateful for your support. Nearly 108. Yeah, thousand uh, dollars, which was yeah, and all the the matching funds were yes. all utilized. So we are so thankful for the the uh, the listeners who called in and and made use of that and, mm-hmm. and stepped up to the challenge. So we're so grateful for that. It is time for Mental Health Monday with Deaconess Heidi Game, and thanks to Concordia University Wisconsin for your support of the Coffee Hour. Find out more about Concordia University Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live uncommon. Good morning, Deaconess Heidi Gaiman. How are you this morning? Uh-oh. She was there just a moment ago. She was. We lost her. Not sure what happened. Let's see. Oh, oh there wait, you can go. you hear me now? You were muted, weren't you? <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's, it's like, like a bad Zoom episode. It's like the, You're on mute. The Zoom quote of 2020. <laughs> I'm mute, Heidi. I, like, I love it. Oh, it's like my nightmare. I love it so oh. much. Which funny is everyone can relate to it for the most part. That's right. true. You're on mute. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Hey. Well, that is one way to start talking about gratefulness. Because hey. I feel like I need to recenter now. <laughs> Recenter to gratefulness because right now I just want to throw my microphone out the window. Oh, no. <laughs> no, it's good. It's good. What I was saying was it's a good week because my birthday was just on Friday. So I had lots of love and care and affection and everything coming into my life. And then my book comes out tomorrow. So I'm, I'm in a good sandwich right now of, yeah. of excitement and, and uh, good things. Good things. So. And we had lots Ooh. of fun together during the uh, special oh, edition of Coffee Hour too, with that that yes. that common, that collaboration of creatives so on the Coffee mm-hmm. Hour. There, there's your alliteration, Pastor Smith. You're welcome. Yikes! <laughs> mm, it's the best. It's the best. Yes, yes. I am feeling grateful for that episode. I just love collaborating, and there's so much creativity around us um, and in our church body. And mm-hmm. that was a really awesome episode to be a part of. So I encourage the listener to go go listen to that and. Think of how you are uniquely creative for your mental health today as well. Well, I'm taking all the hints you've been dropping for our topic today. Uh, <laughs> grateful. Where, where would you like to go with uh, with this gratefulness? Yeah, today we're going to talk. It's the last episode in our little series we've been doing here on making meaning. And we talked about making meaning thoughtfully or uh, particularly in our cognitive area of our lives. And then we've talked about making meaning mindfully in the practice of mindfulness and, and what it can bring into our lives, especially focused on God and his word and his gifts to us. Um, today we're going to talk about making meaning gratefully and the place of gratitude and giving us a sense of that meaning that is in our life. Um, you know, we've been talking about this last developmental stage of integrity versus despair. And it's such a, it's, it landed at such a great time since, um, my book, Finding Hope does come out tomorrow. Um, and, and really, integrity is about um, understanding who we are, uh, feeling a sense of fulfillment in our life, a satisfaction in our life. That doesn't mean life has been great and kittens and rainbows and all of that (laughs) stuff. It just simply means that we felt like there was purpose in it, that there was meaning 
And I really feel like hope is a huge piece of that, that waiting that we're in, that we have something to look forward to, but also when we look behind us, that God is in it, that he was there every step of the way. Um, and gratitude is one thing that helps recenter us into that space where we can see a little clearer, we can widen our vantage point of what God is trying to show us. Because a lot of times in life, when things get heavy and we get weighed down, um, you know, we don't find ourselves feeling grateful or thankful, and that's fine. <laughs> I really honestly believe that God prefers honesty over fake gratitude. Like mm -hmm. that is not his jam. He's not, he likes hot or cold. He's not into lukewarm, right? <laughs> and so I, I think gratitude is a practice, a separate from how we feel at the moment. And that's mm -hmm. important. It's really interesting how we know from research that the practice of gratitude, whether sacred or secular, turns us towards Thanksgiving um, rather than the opposite. It's not like, I feel thankful now I'll practice some gratitude. In fact, gratitude's purpose and practice is when we don't. Mm -hmm. when we're struggling with that more than ever. And then, of course, in the everyday of life. And that's where we start to see some changes in our mental health. Um, just like I said, that recentering onto something that is meaningful and worthwhile instead of, I think, the nuts and bolts of life that we get kind of caught up in um, in frustration and mm -hmm. such, too. So I actually wrote an article about this, and there's a podcast from uh, the CPH podcast, Concordia Publishing House podcast with Elizabeth Pittman, on uh, gratitude and the the place of gratitude in our lives um, over at the CPH blog. And so we can link that in the show notes. Um, and I just want to read you a little excerpt to get us started here today. Uh, it says, in the Bible and in life today, gratitude and the act of bringing Thanksgiving are often surrounded just as much by the difficult things of life cancer, COVID, national and international turmoil, injustice as by the good gifts we receive from God. I encourage the listener to read Isaiah 51, Philippians 4, or Hebrews 12 to see good evidence of this. Biblical gratitude is best defined as the practice of presenting ourselves to God and honoring him with both where he has been in the feel-good things of our life, as well as the yuck. This gratitude practice brings a stronger sense of God's presence into our lives rather than that momentary sense of gratefulness. This gives our mind, our heart, and our body a foundation to stand on that feels sturdy, is sturdy, when the world is rocky. And so you can see from that that gratitude as a practice, no matter what we're looking at in our life or how we feel, gives us a firmer sense. And that's really where our mental health, it's what it's looking for, is that firmer sense, that foundation that something is sturdy when everything else is falling apart or feels off kilter and all of that. And COVID certainly did that to all of us. So I think we can universally understand that at this point as well. So Andy and Sarah, I mentioned Isaiah 51, Philippians 4, Hebrews 12. Uh, I was thinking about your own perspectives. What Bible passages come to mind when you think about the duality of struggle and hardship as well as gratitude, if you will. I mean, certainly uh, several passages in, in Hebrews and Philippians for sure. Um, and what is it? Uh, my, my strength is made perfect in weakness. That's one of my, mm -hmm. my mm -hmm. absolute favorite uh, Bible, mm -hmm. Bible verses to remember when the struggle is very, very real. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That, that's a really clear duality. Yes. That the strength actually comes in the weakness, not despite it. And mm-hmm. that's a really unique place to be. And and you're right, it does return you to that place of gratitude because you know your place of need. And that's the ironic thing about gratitude too, is it it brings us to our knees before God with our hands open, right? Mm-hmm. Because we see our need um, in gratitude, which is pretty wild that that's, I think we have a different idea and picture of gratitude in our head culturally. So mm-hmm. how about you, Andy? Hebrews 12. Uh, I, I could really connect with this. It, it, Hebrews 12 uh, verse seven, it is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons for what son is there mm-hmm. whom his father does not discipline. If you're left without discipline in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Besides this, we have had earthly fathers who disciplined us and we respected them. Shall we not much more be subject to the father of spirits and live uh, for they disciplined us for a short time and seemed best to them, but he disciplines us for our good that we may share his holiness for the moment all discipline, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, mm-hmm. but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Oh, I, I think, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, I did not um, appreciate discipline, certainly as a child. Um, <laughs> don't know if I appreciate this much. Yeah. <laughs> um, but as a parent now, I certainly, this makes more sense that discipline is given out of love. And sometimes it's hard to give discipline and it's quite often difficult to receive discipline, mm-hmm. but that it's, it's given out of love. It's, it's part of what connects us to, I think, uh, as, mm-hmm. as parents and children, mm-hmm. um, and our father in heaven disciplines us because we are his children, because we are his sons and he loves us, um, mm-hmm. To be grateful for that, uh, learning to be grateful for that. Yes. Yeah, I think there's a different kind of maturity in a relationship, which is great because you illustrated that with how you felt as a child versus how you feel as an adult, and then also interacting with a child day to day and and desiring that connection and seeing how it uniquely comes through discipline. But I think there's a maturity in relationships where boundaries are present and appreciated. It doesn't mean we love it. It's not like in the moment when discipline is happening or a boundary is putting in place that it feels amazing and cozy. <laughs> Instead, like you said, it's a connecting process. And so you, it's it's like Paul says, like when I was a child, I, I thought like a child and I acted like a child, but, but now I'm grown. And that's our relationship with God. It's, you know, I have a, an almost 19 year old now and my relationship with her is a lot different. There's still boundaries, there's still discipline, but it's so much different. And I'm so thankful for that growth in it. Um, and that would not have come without the boundaries and without the discipline. It would have looked very immature otherwise if we were simply just friends hanging out in the house together. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I appreciate your your progression in that is real, both, um, you know, physically as a person with your child, but also spiritually in our relationship with God. Yeah. Sarah, did you have any more thoughts? Yeah, just to point out, uh, using one of the one of the passages that that you pointed out in Philippians, uh, Philippians four, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. 
and this is the part I think we all know. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. And I think... I mean, those were verses that I had in my house when I was a kid. My mom had them written all over the place, probably for a certain reason. Um, but just to, to uh, as a reminder that, yes, life mm-hmm. is hard um, and we all experience things, but we also then rejoice in the Lord even uh, through those hardships. Even through the last year, <laughs> there were so oh many things to still rejoice in because um, because God is always a giver of good gifts and we mm-hmm. always can find those good gifts even uh, when it doesn't seem like there are any. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think you, the beginning of the passage also talks about, which is one of my favorite passages in the Bible, let our reasonableness be known to all. Yeah. Um, and that's an exceptional translation, by the way. I know that some people might have a different translation when they hear a different word, but reasonableness is spot on um, and, and needed in our culture. So I think it's such a helpful passage to grab onto right now. But that's one benefit of gratitude. And after the break, we're going to talk more about the benefits of gratitude. But this is a huge one that there is a reasonableness built into us because gratitude regrounds us, centers us back on God and who we are and his image and his affection and kindness and forgiveness, um, and then helps us pan out wider instead of getting stuck on that one tree that's driving us wild in our life. You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. We'll be right back. The Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, on behalf of Concordia Plan Services, Lutheran Housing Support Corporation, Concordia University System, Lutheran Church Extension Fund, the LCMS Foundation, and Corporate Synod daily reaches out to our members and partners working together to support our local, global, and international ministries, church workers, and LCMS initiatives at large to carry the mission forward and to serve each other in love. Opportunities to serve, lcms.org slash careers. You're a miracle. You know that, right? A living, breathing one-of-a-kind miracle. You were created to stand apart, to share your gifts in the service of others, to make an uncommon impact in a common world. And at Concordia University, it's our mission to help you do that, to live uncommon. To learn more about Concordia, go to cuw.edu. Welcome back to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golset. It is Mental Health Monday. We're talking with Deaconess Heidi Gaiman today and uh, talking all things gratitude mm-hmm. uh, as part of our Making Meaning series. All right. So we, 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 we looked at um, both the, the hardships and gratitude in the scriptures. Where would you like to go next, Heidi? Yeah, I did want to add one more scriptural point, and then we'll go on to what are the benefits of gratitude? We talked about one already, that grounding and that reasonableness, which I guess are kind of two put together into one. Um, But there is this Jewish concept, and 
our um, senior pastor at our church actually preached on this for Thanksgiving, which is one reason um, it was brought to my attention. And I had never heard of it, which is a shame. I always, when I hear something and I'm like, I'm 42, why hasn't, why haven't I learned this before? Um, but this concept of Dainu that is present in the Psalms in particular um, is a different kind of gratitude that I think think will clarify what we're going for here um, for biblical gratitude. And Dayenu simply means, um, Lord, it is enough. And basically, it's this idea of like, if this is all you did, Lord, if, if this is all I had from you, it would be enough. And you can see the difference in that from what we think of when we say gratitude, or we say Thanksgiving. Um, and I think you could probably insert Jesus or you could insert the Holy Spirit or you could insert relationship with God or you could insert forgiveness. Um, and once you start, the things start tumbling out that God gives and brings into our lives. And that's the irony. The duality of Dayenu is I say one thing and it's enough. And God has 80 things planned for me and for his his body, for the people. Um, all around him. And so Dayenu is a different way of looking at uh, the good things of God that he gives us as if Jesus was it, it would be plenty, Lord. But wow, you continue every day to be present, to be merciful, to be just and all of those things too. So any thoughts on that before we go on to some other benefits? I like how that is so different from uh, a lot of what our culture may uh, say that gratitude is. Um, and that's that's an an easy way in the morning. This this just this morning. And I I didn't actually know we were talking about gratitude as I was biking in. But this this morning on my bike ride, I was biking across literally across the river and through the woods. And I was just like, <laughs> I was like, you know, thank you, God, for this beautiful nature. I get to ride through every day like this is. This, this is just cool that I get to do this. And I mm -hmm. feel like that kind of fits in with, with just the, mm -hmm. that daily practice of gratitude. Yeah. And that's the thing is um, we can do it very intentionally and then it will move toward organic. You know, mm -hmm. it will be present and organic in our life. And then sometimes many of us already do this organically. And then the question is, how do we get a little bit more intentional? Because mm -hmm. that's where a lot of the benefits come in. Um, I tell my therapy clients all the time, um, it's called a practice because we practice it. <laughs> um, and so if we're only doing it, you know, when you visit me once a week or once every other week, that's one thing. But if we're doing it and practicing it in between, there's a lot of growth in that, mm -hmm. if you will. Yeah. And so, uh, Andy, especially you will appreciate both of you, but Andy, I know you'll appreciate a couple of these benefits of gratitude. Um, one is mood improvement. It, it does show statistically that gratitude does improve our moods, a practice of gratitude in our daily life. Um, and, and dialectical behavior therapy teaches uh, a very uh, unique concept of the way that we come to emotion. And they teach that behavior is actually the thing that often leads to emotion instead of the other way around. And as Lutherans, we love that because, as I say, emotions are informants, not leaders. Um, 
And so I don't know that I 100% agree with all emotions come from our behaviors, but we do know that we can impact our emotional state by our behaviors. Um, and we have more power over that and agency over that than we think we do, um, especially culturally. And so mood improvement does come from that. Uh, the next one is physical health. Uh, there's a lot of benefits to our physical health. Uh, the practice of gratitude is linked to performing other habits or getting into the habit of other habits. There has to be a better way to say that. I don't have it right now. Um, like exercise and eating well. Uh, it generally has to do with, I think, a finding ourselves in a place of health, even in unhealth, and then we feel motivated and we do have that agency to be able to make some other changes that might be helpful for our life. Uh, we Practice of gratitude leads to better sleep, we know from research. And this is my favorite. The practice of gratitude leads to a reduction in inflammation often, which leads to often a reduction in awareness of chronic pain as well. I, I don't know. The research does not say that it reduces chronic pain. It says that it reduces the awareness of our chronic pain. And so I think that is a really interesting one that many of our listeners might want to gravitate toward <laughs> and pick up because inflammation, as we know, is rampant in our culture and really uh, contributes to a lot of disease and a lot of afflictions that our, our bodies undergo. And so our mental health is not separated from our physical health. They are intertwined for sure. Um, and one of my favorite books that um, is, is far from Lutheran or Christian at all is uh, The Body Keeps the Score. Mm -hmm. And it talks a lot about how trauma is held in our body and so how that contributes to inflammation. So especially if someone has trauma, uh, you can see how it might be hard to practice gratitude. Um, however, we live in that duality of the hardship and the gratitude at the same time. And the Psalms are a great place, again, to go for that. And Paul's letters, you know, man, that guy had some hardship and also had some gratitude. And so we can learn from him and what the spirit says through him. Um, so we have a couple more. Any questions on that or any thoughts on that, you guys, before we go on? Sure. Two miles into a trail run. I'm very grateful for air, <laughs> water. Mm, yeah, that's yep. good. That is really good, though, that recognition, because it sounds silly, but it's a microcosm of hardship. Like when the going gets tough and I need oxygen, we call that oxygen choices when we're hiking. <laughs> like I need to make oxygen choices. I have to stop talking now. Yes. Um, you do become grateful for it. You have a new awareness of just the simplicity mm -hmm. of oxygen mm -hmm. in our life. And that is no small thing. I'm glad you brought that up. I'm glad you brought that up. Mm -hmm. So that leads to the next one, which is resilience. And resilience is a big buzzword. Um, I would uh, caution the listener to understand that it's not just a buzzword. Resilience is something that we finally are talking about. Um, and we have a word for, I think. And um, that's been really helpful for us. And so don't be turned off by the idea of resilience just because it's popping up everywhere. Uh, LCMS Youth Ministry has a lot of information about resilience on their website, the Youth resource, especially for our youth and young adults. Um, but resilience is this mental strength that we are trying to build and some distress tolerance, if you will, because life is going to be hard. And so gratitude helps us in that distress tolerance because the stuff is going to come in. 
We're not going to be able to stop it. But God is in that. That is hope that God is with us in all of that junk as well as the joy. Um, relationship skills are also a part of the benefits of gratitude. Uh, the appreciation that we have in a practice of gratitude, like Sarah riding her bike and just being like, whoa, look at all of this, Lord, thank you, flows over into the way I present myself in my work life then and the way that I am with my spouse or the way I am um, with friends. Um, it, it really does change a it widens that perspective, if you will. Um, noticing things is a huge relationship skill. Uh, I have another article on that that's just simply, I noticed, like just saying to someone, like I noticed whether it's, I noticed something you did that I'm really thankful and grateful for, or I noticed that you might be hurting, but practicing gratitude helps us to see more. And so it helps us to notice more. And that goes a really long way in our relationships. Um, it also helps us build our intuition skills. And that's, we'll talk about that on another episode someday, I'm sure. And it also helps dial down our aggression, which um, I tend to be an uh, aggressive talker, if you will. Um, but gratitude builds my awareness of my space around me and how the other people are presenting themselves in this space. And so then it also helps me to gauge maybe the level of my tone of voice and things like that, because I'm just more aware of it in my life. Um, all right. So I know we're almost out of time. The last one Andy already mentioned, which is connectedness. And so we talked about that earlier, but especially our connectedness with God. I think so often God goes unnoticed in our life. And that's uh, what gratitude does is brings it to the forefront, brings his name to the forefront in our mind and our hearts and our bodies. And that's a really powerful thing. All right. Any last second thoughts? Oh, boy, there's a lot packed in there. Uh, I, I, I want to point out, I know we only have just a, about a half a minute left, but you mentioned earlier that you have a new book that is releasing tomorrow. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Yes, so, Finding Hope. Yeah, Finding yeah. Hope. I'm very excited. So we're going to share more about that next Monday, which is, mm -hmm. which is our last uh, Mental Health Monday together for the season. We'll pick up again in the fall. We might have some special Mental Health Mondays coming throughout May mm -hmm. as well, but is our last Mental Health Monday together. Together, um, next Monday as we take a look at Finding Hope uh, from Concordia Publishing House, cph.org. Deacon is Heidi Gaiman. Always great to, uh, to chat with you for Mental Health Monday. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support the Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you, anytime, anywhere. When my husband and I bought our first home, we bought a condo that was under construction. It was wonderful because we got to pick out all the details. Hi, I'm Callie Breeze with Thrivent, helping you thrive with purpose. You know, building a home is a lot like having a blueprint for retirement. It's one of the biggest decisions you'll make, and it comes with plenty of questions and decisions. The first retirement question is the most obvious. When do I want to retire? But that's quickly followed with how much money am I going to need? 
I never would have dreamed of building a house without professional help. And the same is true of retirement. Consider asking a financial professional your questions. They can help guide you on how much and ways to save so you can achieve your retirement goals. Also, be thinking about retirement at all stages of life, not just once you hit a certain age. And dream big. Even though you're retired, God has amazing plans for you in this season of life. All across the nation, we are here for our communities. We're doing our part to get supplies where it's needed in order to fight COVID-19 together. It feels good to be out there to assist our community. I would like our friends and family to know that your National Guardsmen are always ready and always there. Visit NationalGuard.com to find out more. Sponsored by the Missouri Army National Guard. Aired by the Missouri Broadcasters Association and this station. The USA is the third largest mission field in the world, and church planning is one of the most effective means of making new disciples, new missions to new people in new places. Get ready to plow the fields. Check out the Mission Field USA podcast produced by the LCMS Office of National Mission. You can find it at kfuo.org or anywhere you get your podcasts. 